He saw it when he cried out. As soon as he heard it was Jesus and everything he had heard about Jesus and Jesus was passing by, he says, my answer is close enough to reach out and receive. He says, I'm not going to let this opportunity pass by. And so he cried out and God stood still and he received his answer because he saw himself seen and cried. What did he see? Jesus was his eyesight. He could see what he lacked being made up in Christ. He saw grace, power of Christ at the point of his knee. By faith, he knew that he no longer had to live without his eyesight. He knew his answer had arrived. The covenant redeemer was there. How about you right now when will you see your answer has arrived right now because now faith is most Christians are waiting for something to happen faith is always now faith is always in the present faith is when I hear it and I receive it and I just stand up and I begin to declare I have it in Jesus name the woman with the issue of blood the Bible says that she said and kept saying she said and kept saying if I can touch him I will be made whole she has blood flowing out of her body she has a flow of blood an issue of blood it's like she's continually menstruating and she's going through this season and she is unclean but she see she closes her eyes and she sees herself healed she sees that everything she's tried to do before hasn't performed hasn't made any difference and she spent everything trying all the plan b's that were available of her day but she closed her eyes and she just sees herself whole in jesus and she bends pressing through the crowd saying if i can touch him i will be made whole if i can touch him i will be made whole if i can touch him i will be made whole and she touches him and immediately Jesus stops again. And he says, somebody touched me. And the disciples say, Master, you're kidding. You're being pressed by crowds and people. Everybody's touching you. He says, you don't understand. There's a difference between a touch and a demand. He says, somebody touched me for I perceive power has gone out of me. Somebody reached in and grabbed and the moment she made a touch, she, her touch released. The power that was available in him went from him into her body. And immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately, she was dried up and she is completely healed. And Jesus turned to her and says, woman, your faith has saved you. There's that word saved again. He didn't say healed you. He said your faith, Matthew 9, 22, your faith has saved you. Amen. I want faith that saves me. That brings healing, deliverance, protection, prosperity, joy, peace. That brings a 12-fold blessing. Amen. I want that faith in my life. I want to get past all the influences of this world. I want to have faith that's right now. See, covenant truth and promise brought about a natural change here. Covenant proof, proof, truth and promise brought about a natural change. I like what George Mueller said. Look at this. When sight ceases, it's time for faith to work. Glory to God. When sight ceases, it's time for faith to work. The greater the difficulty, the easier it is for faith. As long as human possibilities for success remain, faith does not accomplish things as easily as when all natural prospects fail. What a great declaration. There's something that happens when I say, I'm not going to trust in the natural anymore. I'm just going to believe God. 
I'm just going to have faith in God. Jesus said to his disciples after speaking to the fig tree and it drying up, and they questioned him, he just, he just turned to them and said, have faith in God. Amen. So many things we've settled for that God calls us to have faith for, and we can have the victory over. Think about it. So what are the lessons that we can learn from Bartimaeus this morning? It is this. He did not say, number one, Lord, I know you can if you will. It is true. There are times when we're supposed to say, if the Lord wills. But when we apply it to unbelief, you just gave up your answer. Well, I know the Lord can heal me if he will, but just sit down. You're going to stay sick. If the Lord wills, we apply that all. There, there's certain things that you ask for. One is, what are you supposed to be doing? Where are you supposed to be going? Lord, Lord, Lordship over your life. Lord, is this your direction? Is this your will for my life? Is this where I should be going? James says, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. It talked about where you go, where you live, what you invested in, what you give your time to. It talked about Lordship. It never talks about covenant provision. God already declared in covenant provision his will for you. Every, the leper said, Lord, if you will, you can make me whole. What did Jesus say? I will. Provision, covenant provision, was never something to be questioned with, with an if. I've had people say, well, the Lord could come down and heal me right now if, if he wanted to. How many have ever heard that statement? So, the, I mean, listen. You never make many friends attacking religion. Because we like our religion to be comfortable. We like it to fit. This is how, this is how people go to church in America. I'm looking for a church that fits me and requires no alteration to my lifestyle. I'm looking for wear it off the rack religion. And if I find a church that asks too much alteration for my life, I'll go find another one that fits my life without needing any alterations. Because I like my life the way it is. I just want to kind of have a God thing, kind of a, you know, I just want the t-shirt. <laughs> he did not say, Lord, I know you can if you will. He said, I want to see. He just said, I want to see. I want to see. The men and I, we talked about it the other night, Saturday morning, breakfast. I brought it up last week. Paul talked about all the things that he was going through. Listen to what he said. He said, none of these things moved me. None of these things moved me. Acts chapter 16, Paul after preaching the gospel and then delivering a young lady from demonic possession in Ephesus. It set her free. He got sick and tired of her following him around going, these men are the power of God, the power of God, the power of God. She just shut up and come out of her. Cast the devil out of her. Next thing you know, all the tradesmen go, hey, we just lost our income. And so they rise up against Paul. Next thing you know, Paul is beating him and Silas are beaten and thrown in jail. Let me just put it to you like this. It's, you need to be careful who you hang around with. 
used to run around with a guy named Bob Osterman. We traveled all over. And going with Bob was like going through a minefield. Because he was just always in these places where just things were exploding in the kingdom and stuff. It was awesome in that. But if you hang around people of faith, you might get yourself in a situation. Silas just hanging out with Paul. Next thing you know, he's beating and in prison with Paul. Oh, my brother Silas, Paul uttered with a groan. Today I thought for sure we were going home. Weeping in the darkness, the cell was cold and black. Driven to unconsciousness by the stripes upon their backs. And then Paul just began to cry out. I feel a song coming on. I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. And the walls began to shake, and the chains fell off, and the doors went open. And praise in a situation where none of these things move me. I'm talking about winning the battle against unbelief. Put that quote by Mueller back up there, please, if you would, David. Watch this again. When sight ceases, it's the time for faith to work. The greater the difficulties, the easier it is for faith. As long as human possibilities for success remain, faith does not accomplish things as easily as when all natural prospects fail. What would happen if you quit relying on the natural and just went to faith in God? Okay, moving right along. You see, many believe what God can do, but struggle with the knowledge and faith for what God will do. And and many times, you know what, sometimes I I just feel like a lawyer defending God. Because many times the church has God on trial. He's under accusation for not doing this, not coming through on that, not doing this on that. Let let me just read you this. The enemy uses the delay that that comes sometimes to our answers in prayer. Hear me. The enemy uses the delay that comes sometimes to answers in our prayer to discourage us and move us off of our faith. So we will choose to let go, give up, and settle for less and accept defeat. He can sometimes make you feel like your prayers are letters that have been posted to a non-existent address. We forget that God is at work in and through our lives for His glory, that we are to live for His glory. He does not exist for ours. God does not exist for our glory. We live for His. We live to the praise of His glory. When He says no or there is a delay to our request, it is because He has a better way to answer that will reveal His glory in a greater measure. Think about Lazarus. Jesus waited four days. And what came about? The answer still came. Are you with me? But it came in power with his presence. It brings provision. It brings peace. God is not like man. His no or his delay means there's a better way. It doesn't mean the answer's coming. It just means it's not coming the way you think. What hinders us? We always get an idea of we think of when and how it should happen. And our preconceived concept of how God would, should, and could work in my life doesn't come to pass. And we end up with unmet expectations. 
And unmet expectations always cause you to be discouraged. Unmet expectations destroy every relationship. We're not getting what we expected to get. Are you doing all right? Amen. So now watch this. Your approach to and confidence in God's word is your source of faith and assurance and your pattern for action. Hear it again. Your approach to and confidence in God's word is your source of faith and assurance and your pattern for action. Knowledge of God can only be based on knowledge of His Word. Trusting God is directly connected to trusting His Word. God never reveals Himself or His will apart from His Word. I shared it with the men Monday night. This is what we want. Every every one of you operate by emotion. Most people go, well, I just need to feel God. God's presence has nothing to do with what you feel. Every now and then, you get God bumps. That's cool. I like God bumps myself. I like feeling the presence of God. But my faith isn't based upon whether I feel Him or not. My faith is based upon what He said. Because what He said has nothing to do with my feelings. And God has emotion. You you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. All these areas, God has emotion. Jesus wept. We understand that heart of God gets broken. Break the heart of God. We understand God has emotion. He just isn't moved by emotion. Our problem is because we're moved by emotion. Almost everything we make is an emotional decision. And we think God should move by emotions. God doesn't move by emotions. He moves by his word. And he can't be moved off of his word by his emotions for you. Because God's love is not emotional love. It is centered love. And it's centered in his will. True love, the God kind of love, is centered in the will. It says, God said, I will love you. I will to love you in myself. I will, I purpose. I will love you and I will always love you. Look what Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What God says, nothing you will ever do will move me off of my will to love you. You will have to reject my love. I will never quit loving you. I will to love you. Nothing you can do can ever make me love you more. And nothing you will ever do will make me love you less. I love you, period. And it has nothing to do, but, and I love you, and I will always move on your behalf within the boundaries of my word. But I can't be moved by emotion to go outside of this. You're doing all right. I, I can't go beyond this. I always use the illustration. Jesus told the parable of the father, the prodigal son and the father in this respect. The father went to the end of his driveway, to the gate, and looked, continually looked for the son to come home. He never went after him. His love, his emotion never went after him. He sent no happy meals to the pig pen. He didn't FedEx him, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Western Union money, didn't wire him money, do anything else. The, the son left the love of the father. And the father never allowed his emotion to go to where the son was to try to get him out. The father refuses to enable you in your sin. Now we go with our emotion, we go enable our kids in stupid. I probably won't get an amen right there, but that's all right. 
I had somebody get really mad at me one time. I'm, I'm way into this. I'm going all the way. Somebody got really mad at me one time because they had a situation with their kids and they were doing stuff and their kids kept doing drugs and they kept bailing them out because they had grandbabies. I said, well, the grandbabies will survive. The kids will be all right. And so they kept paying all the bills and the kids kept doing their drugs. I said, y'all just turn around. Just go buy their drugs and let them pay their own bills. Because while you're buying their drugs, paying their bills, they don't have to worry about anything else. So they can spend all their money on their drugs. So you're just keeping them in their addiction. That counseling session didn't go over well. <laughs> Truth never does. Truth never. And, and so by emotions, we, we go there. God doesn't go there. God never moves. So, so why? The father, didn't, the father didn't go there. He stayed there and he kept looking. And, and, when, and when the son came back, as soon as the son moved towards him, the father ran to meet him, and the father ran to meet him. He put a coat on his hand, he put rings on his finger, and, and he put shoes on his feet, and he gave him forgiveness and restoration and embraced him with the fullness of his love. Are you doing all right? And so I'm, I'm saying all this because your knowledge of God has to be based on your knowledge of his word. You can't have an emotional, the church has all these emotional ideas about God and how God should work. He only moves in the boundaries of his word. Are you doing okay? So to be conformed or modeled to the image of Christ, or let, let me just go back to you. My word level will always determine my faith level in God. You, you'll never have faith beyond your knowledge of the word. Do you know how many Christians can't even quote a verse in the Bible? If somebody asks you, could, could you what, what's your favorite verse? Well, I, 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 people say that. Doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible? You're kidding me? That's your depth? That's your depth in God. I, I, people say, I know it says somewhere. I think it says something like this somewhere. And you're asking me where that is? Go find out. Because I can tell you, but it won't help you because it's what I know, not what you know. And it'll never help you until you know it. Are you doing all right? That's why people get discouraged with going to church and with serving God. Because it, they don't have it in their know. They know the world. And, the, and we go back to what we know. And it's the destructive thing that we freely give our lives back to. Think about it. So be conformed or molded. See, see, see Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. 1 Peter 2.2. 2. But as, as newborn babes grow in, 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 in desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. So to be conformed or molded to the image of Christ, I must be conformed to his word. The word of God is the mold that he uses for our lives. You ever see that, those things where people cast the mold and, and they make the mold in the sand and they put it together and then they pour the molten stuff in there? That's what God wants to do with you. He wants to melt you and pour you into his word and then he opens it up and you come out looking like Jesus. He, he wants to pour you into the mold of his word. And the only way he can do that is he has to melt you. How does he melt you? With fire. You can be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, what's going to happen then? You're going to start melting. No. Yes. No. Yes. But I want to be like Jesus. Welcome to the fire. 
Bill Norrie ought to write a song called Welcome to the Fire. Amen. Welcome to the fire. No, it's hot. Welcome to the fire. Amen. So watch this. If you guys will come back, worship team will come back. The Word of God is the mold that He uses for our lives. We are to be flesh made like the Word. So what happened? Guys, what you hear is what you have. What you hear is what you have. You should always be praying. If you want to pray for something, say, Father, Holy Spirit, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. Holy Spirit, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. Let me see. Let me close my eyes and see. Let me see who I am in Christ. Let me see who you are in me. Let me hear your word and believe it beyond all my doubts, fears, contradictions, beyond everything else. Let me hear it and let me see it till I believe it's mine. Your covenant right, you're saved. And I'm going to tell it to you again, you're saved. And your salvation is for healing, deliverance, prosperity, protection, safety, satisfaction, life, joy, strength, wisdom, and direction. When you say you're saved, that's what you're declaring. I'm born again. I'm saved. Let's go, yeah. What does that mean? That means I'm healed. And and see, what we do is we classify things that they're at a stage where I have to accept it. The lame man was born 38 years lame. This man was born blind. Jesus doesn't care how long you've had it. He just wants wants to know when you want to get rid of it. It's not a matter of how long you've had something. And that's the other thing that happens. Once you have chronic pain, long-lasting thing, dealing with that, you learn how to deal with it, and you lose your desire to get rid of it. And you have to get to a place that either he's God or he's not. And I have to be able to say and keep saying. I have to be able to say and keep saying, I am the healed of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. And I have to get louder. And people will look at you and say, yeah, but you're confessing that and your circumstances are not changing. I don't see any difference in you. I don't care what you see. I'm not moved by what you see. I'm standing on what I know. I see myself as the healed of the Lord. I see myself standing. Let me just put you like this. You say, Pastor Don, why do you preach like that? Because you can live in a place where you're reliant upon somebody else's faith. The, the paralytic man carried by his four friends to get to Jesus, you may not always have four friends to get you there. You don't want to live at a place God didn't save you so you would have to live dependent upon somebody else's faith. I don't want you dependent upon my faith. I don't want you needing me. I don't want you needing the church. I want you knowing Jesus. 
and who he is in your life so that you can stand up and you can say, I know that I know that I know in whom I have to believe. And I don't have to settle with this. Yeah, I will use every tool and every resource at my disposal. But in the meantime, I'm believing that I am the healed of the Lord. And I'm going to keep believing and I'm going to keep listening until I hear and I see myself healed in the Lord. My pastor friend who was one of my mentors, Brother Jess Higginbotham, he, he, he received cancer and had since got physical open ulcers all over his body, went up into a cabin and fasted and prayed for 40 days. And in that time, he memorized the whole book of Psalms. Just pressing it. He was there to live or to die. And when he ended that fast, he had some chicken bouillon cube and, and some, some saltine crackers. And he ended that fast. And he took the broth and he began to eat the crackers. And within just a few days, all those sores dried up off of his body. He didn't have anybody to do it. He just determined, I'm going to seek God. He was like the woman that just said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And he kept pressing in until he got a hold of God. What we do is we say, oh, that was a special situation, a special case for just that man. No, that was just a man who decided to have faith in God. And he got healed. Amen? And we've had that. There has to be times, something in our life that says, I want to know God. I want to know who He is. Amen. I want you to stand your feet with me this morning. To be saved. Father, I, I really want to see myself saved. Every area. Living in the fullness of your 12-fold blessing over my life. I thank you my sins are forgiven and you forgive my sins so I can live free from the guilt of my past and walk in the fullness of your provision. That's what God does. He frees us from the guilt of our past. He covers over our transgression. He forgives and blots out the handwriting that is against us so that we are now free to walk in the fullness of his provision in our life. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're like Bartimaeus. You're ready to throw away your coat. I just felt today would be a breakthrough day for somebody. You're ready to throw away your coat. Whatever that is. Whatever your plan B has been. God, I'm going to press in. And I'm going to believe to see. God, I'm going to press in. And I'm going to believe to see the salvation of God in my life. David said it like this. I would have perished if I had not expected to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on, we've, we've come up with, well, you know, if they don't get it here, they'll get it there. Everybody's there gets whole. It's like they're going there. Why can't you have? Jesus said, your will be done on earth. Your kingdom come. Your, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If healing is the will of God in heaven, healing is the will of God on the earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't need a religious excuse of getting healed in heaven when it's the will of God for us to be healed, delivered, set free, safe, every area of that blessing right now today. If you need to let go of a plan B and you're ready to launch out in faith, move to this altar right now. Come on. This, this is your moment. Jesus is calling you. Bring him to me.
bring him to me. Come on, come to Christ right now. Just come right now. Throw away plan B. Whatever it's been, whatever you've settled for, whatever you held on to, just say, God, I'm giving up that right now. I'm just going to believe to see the goodness of God in my life. I'm going to say and keep saying. I'm going to say and keep saying. I'm going to say and keep saying in Jesus' name. Come on, just line up across here. Come on, I'm going to lay hands on people this morning. Come on, this is the breakthrough moment this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.